You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets podcast. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. Make sure you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Locked On Hornets. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail and Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Visit LockedOnSports.com to check out all of our podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, and fantasy sports. We're going to dedicate this pod to Malik Monk today. We had been going through all the players on the roster until we took a break yesterday to digest the James Borrego hire. Not official yet, which I know some people are questioning, but nothing to worry about as of yet, I believe. I wouldn't think there's anything to worry about yet. Kind of a process that just takes place with these kinds of things. Strong pod on Borrego yesterday, by the way. A lot of stuff on Borrego. Strong pod. A lot of info for an assistant coach I had never heard of basically about a month ago. Hashtag strong pod. Now I feel like we're experts on Borrego. I feel like we could be the Locked On Borrego podcast. The strongest pod. The strongest Borrego pod. And we'll attempt some Borrego wordplay later on in the show. It also will be culturally appropriate and sensitive. That's important. It is very important because when you make jokes, you don't want to go too far. So if you have any ideas on some other options, feel free to tweet at us at Locked On Hornets or myself again, Walker Mail, Doug Branson NBA, a lot of places you can reach us and give us some of your culturally sensitive Borrego wordplay. But today he, he would be the first Hispanic he would be. head coach. He would be. And that's a big, big deal. deal. And by the way, your boy, right? Tweeted at Shea Serrano yesterday. I uh, yeah, Steve Bob. Yeah, Steve Bob. And I met him yesterday. Right? Was that him? Is that a different Steve? That's the same Steve. I was about to say. So sometimes in in more formal settings he goes by Steve, and in other settings he goes. Well, Steve Bob probably that one works a little bit better to me. See, I knew you had talked about Steve before because he did some work with the podcast, and I didn't know that was the Steve. And then I was leave as I was leaving, I was like, "Well, I, I think I just met the Steve, the Steve Bob, the and one and only." The one and only Steve Bob. And we followed each other on Twitter yesterday. Great follow. This is exciting. It is exciting. I, I assume Steve as- gets retweeted by Shay. You guys follow each other on Twitter. Which, is my follow a little bit more important than a retweet by Shay? Or is it about equal? Oh, totally equal, yeah. I would think. Me and Shay are pretty tight. We're pretty close on the hierarchy, I would think, of sports personalities. But again, today is mostly dedicated to Malik Monk. Maybe not Steve Bob, but Malik Monk. If you like what we're doing here, make sure you are checking out what else the Locked On Podcast Network has to offer, including Locked On Panthers. Host Bill Rossetti is bringing you his brand of all of the recap of the NFL draft and his offseason analysis. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Panthers. We're proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering the biggest local stories in every single market. So Malik Monk. Ankle injury stunted his summer. Rick Bennell would always make this point constantly, how much that stunted his growth in the preseason. Malik Monk, again, coming in as the 11th overall pick. Happy, so happy, he slips to the 11th overall pick. I was thrilled. Again, I mentioned I tweeted out the Carlton Dance GIF on Twitter. I was excited. I was doing the dance just alongside of Alfonso Ribeiro. And Malik Monk comes out decently strong. You know, and Michael Carter Williams has the injury at the beginning. Malik Monk is getting some significant minutes at the beginning of the year. 
and he does a decent job at first. So Malik, we get our biggest moment against Milwaukee. Milwaukee, he scores 25 points. He has 18 points in the fourth quarter. You got another Malik Monk moment against Denver. It was probably his first moment was against Denver. He had 17 points. Then Milwaukee ensues. You got your final Malik moment against the New York Knicks. It was in a loss, but Malik did shoot for 21 points on about 47% from the field. Revenge game. So you did. Yes, they they passed on him, of course, going with Frank Nidalekina. I didn't mispronounce that one. Check me on it. Malik Muck goes to have the revenge game against New York. And interestingly enough, Steve Clifford decides he's not going to play him anymore. That was the last we saw the last game after his 12th game, November 10th. That was when he was well within the 17, 18, 20 minutes per game that he was getting. And then right after that, November 10th, I think, was that date. After his 12th game, you saw him get uh, did not play. You saw him get maybe a couple of times he was getting double digits, but that's when it really fell to me. That's when he wasn't every single game consecutively getting double digit minutes well within 15. And you saw Malik Monk not be able to get on the floor. And he finished Doug October shooting just 29% from the field. Right. 27.5% from three. Not great. 22 minutes per game, which is good for him. Only on eight points per game with that poor shooting. And then you do the 12 games that he played at the beginning of the season. And I go 12 again because that's when he was getting his most significant minutes. He shot 34% from the field and 32% from three. So those October numbers were bad. Got a little better in November. Tried to up his averages a little bit. But still not enough to keep him from staying on the court when... Steve Clover decided to take him off of it. And people were desperate to know why Malik Monk was not getting more playing time. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that this team uh, wanted to make the playoffs. So they were going to play their best players. They were not, they were going to play the players that were playing well. But a lot of it was that Malik Monk got thrust into that backup point guard role with Michael Carter Williams injury. And, and he just didn't look all that prepared to play point guard. Didn't do a lot of that at Kentucky. Did do some of that in high school, but you know, the NBA a lot different than high school. So it was his defense. It was his decision making. And on top of all of that, Walker, he wasn't making shots. Well, that's the thing about Malik Monk is you think he's going to provide instant offense. He's going to come in from day one and be able to shoot the lights out. You're thinking certainly above, you know, at least you're thinking 35 percent from three. And he, the guy's shooting less than that. And in a couple of games at the end of that 12 game run. And that's what brought him to 34. And it was it was so bad. And 29% in October, I mean, that's crazy bad. I just think his system was completely shocked by moving to that point guard role and then seeing his minutes reduced and reduced. I mean, that's just something that he has never encountered in his basketball career. He has always been the number one guy, and that was clearly an adjustment for Monk. He mentioned it in his exit interview that that's just... A, I mean, Walker, he came into the season saying he wanted to be rookie of the year. I wanted him to be rookie of the year, too. A lot of people did. (laughs) It wasn't Malik Monk, though. Wasn't even close. And it ends up, of course, being Donovan Mitchell, who we had a requiem for yesterday as his season is over for the Utah Jazz, but not after what was a spectacular season for him. But again, I was excited about Malik Monk. I feel like a lot of people were excited. I also tweeted out that the Charlotte Hornets had spent the last few seasons drafting nice role players with top 10 picks. And I thought Malik Monk had the potential, and I don't think you can completely wave this off, but I thought he had the potential to be and have the most star power since they drafted Kimba Walker. 
And I don't know if I'm still ready to completely erase that, but you certainly don't feel all that much more comfortable with it after his first season. And a lot of it's going to come down to what he does this summer. And and everyone is just sort of staying on top of it. You see like Pete Guelli tweeting stuff out. He's the 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 basically the the vice president of of marketing there. And he's tweeting stuff out about Malik Monk being in the gym. Uh, Malik said he was going to take two weeks off and then be back in Charlotte. So, you know, this is all on him, but there's going to be a lot of attention paid to Malik Monk, I think, this summer. We should stay on top of it, Walker. We should be the podcast that reports every single piece of Malik we, Monk news. We will be locked on Hornets. We will be locked on Borrego. We will be locked on Malik Monk. We will give you every single soundbite, every single breaking news update. Every for, tweet, for every gram. Every single thing, every time any, Malik Monk does anything interesting, we will make sure that you are well covered with your, at least... Uh, with your rookie that was this season with Malik Monk. We'll try to get into the meat of the season that he had after break. We'll get to his struggles. We'll get to the meat of it. We'll get to what he did at the end of the season to tease you a little bit. We'll head to break real quickly. Thanks for sticking around. You're listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Unless Mitch has Buzz on his lap and Buzz is sort of... Santa style? I like it. Yeah, or ventriloquist. You know, well, let's see how, how how much ventrilo- ventriloquist yeah. are we going? <laughs> I don't think anything, or I don't, I don't want to go that much. Whoa, yeah, I don't want to go with ventriloquist. Let's go. I like the Santa style a little bit more. Either one is creepy. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Oh, what's that already? Sound mean? What's that sound already? Mean? I'm shocked. We have Malik Monk breaking news already, just as we said we were going to go. I guess we got to stay to our word. We don't wait around here. We stick to our word. We make sure you are provided with all the coverage on Malik Monk. Doug, hit us with some Malik Monk coverage. (laughs) Malik Monk tweeting on May 9th at 6.13 p.m. I see them hating, and now (laughs) I get taller. Is he getting taller? Is he teasing us again? Well, you said... I did say that. That it stunted his growth. The injury that oh, he had, well. it stunted <laughs> his growth. Now we're getting we're getting hard news here that Malik Monk is actually getting taller. The ankle is the ankle is healing. The training staff is beyond magical. They are making sure that they are actually stretching him out and getting him to be at a taller height. So he can guard those twos that we have come to know him be a liability defensively. Everything seems to be working out. He's That's, telling us. Yeah, I mean, that's why Steve Clifford was so adamant about him developing his point guard skills. Now, I think they would have been more comfortable with him not taking over the backup point guard role as quickly as he had to because of that Michael Carter-Williams injury. But Clifford was very adamant that if he is going to be a star at this level, he's going to to have to take the, the Steph Curry track and not the Lou Williams track. I'm going to run some by you real quick and you see if it's plausible or not. So earlier, again, you guys know of my Pacers fanhood. I remember when Paul George was drafted by the Indiana Pacers, 13th overall, I believe it was, I don't know how many years ago, I forget. And it was a guy that was, I don't know, 6'7 when he came in. And then he was drafted pretty early in his college career, but then he grew in the NBA. Got taller. He did. He did get taller. Literally. Like, literally growing inches in his height. That's strange. It is strange. 
Did they but just lie about it? No, they. I mean, at least I didn't think so. He seemed taller. I didn't ask him or anything, but he seemed taller. <laughs> I didn't check his license. Did you sneak behind him with a measuring tape? <laughs> I had. I had a yardstick. Stand still, Paul. And I would just. And he, he wouldn't do it. He was real. He wasn't very cooperative. <laughs> it was kind of annoying to be honest with you. I'm glad he's an OKC. The thing is. Is that even possible with a guy like Malik Monk being? Is that even possible with guys that are? Because when do you stop growing as a man? Like twenty one? Is that about right? What's the science on that? I'll look it up. Can we look that up? Not that I have any crazy hope that Malik Monk is going to grow, but well, we, we should, have seen we it should before. figure this science out. Didn't David Robinson grow in the NBA? I he think, grew as a as a man. He grew as a person. Yes, well, we've we have played. That is that is a pun that we will exhaust. <laughs> that is just exhausting it. Like I get you. Like I I I think I understand it's crazy. We have breaking news. All right, yes. Boys tend to show the first physical changes of puberty between the ages of ten and sixteen. All right, so we know when Malik Monk went through that. They. T- <laughs> <laughs> They tend to grow most quickly between ages 12 and 15. The growth spurt of boys is on average about two years later than that of girls. By age 16, most boys have stopped growing, but their muscles will continue to develop. So by what age? I don't Do we get a final 16. age? 16, they're done growing by 16? No, that's false. I don't, where did you look at Most up? boys. This but, is most boys. But not Malik. This is kidshealth.org. How dare you? Kidshealth.org? Yeah, I guess you got to trust those org websites. It's .org. It's a fact. If it's .org, I don't know. I mean, we need to can we put that on the poll. Take right? that for data. Yeah, I mean, we can't. you can't mess with a .org. You can mess with a .com. You can mess with a lot of dots, but you can't mess with a .org. .tv. I don't. I don't. I still don't trust that. Am I? I'm wrong on that? I, I did not think I was wrong on that. Well, again, it's not impossible for people to grow taller. It's just that most stop at 16. Listen, I've, you're talking. Listen, don't argue with glands. <laughs> this is glandular. I've I've hung on to this just way too long. My hope for Malik Monk to grow to grow not but only size and spirit, strength. I mean, again. that's something he's going to have to develop. Well, and, they, and the one thing I'll say for the NBA and just even NFL, pretty much all sports, they can put weight on you. It's pretty easy to see with any of these guys. The one guy that really comes to mind when I haven't seen a ton of weight put on him is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant couldn't bench 180 pounds coming out of college, and he couldn't. It didn't seem like he could do that now, but he's still one of the nastiest basketball players out there. And you don't feel like you saw a lot of muscle tone with him. You know, I mean, you can do that with Malik. You can do that with a lot of guys in the NBA. They do a great job with that. And even Anthony Davis, who was scrawny, the guy's gotten bigger. Cody Zeller for the Hornets. I mean, hell, that guy. I feel like you've seen him grow some guns a little bit. I didn't expect him to have the kind of guns he's got right now, but he does. So you can put some weight on these guys. You can make them stronger. I don't think Malik Monk is ever going to be a bruiser at the two-guard position, but certainly does need to get bigger and stronger. And that's something that kept him off the court. Question. We have more breaking news. I love it. We are learning so much today. All right. This is from Instagram at Ahmad underscore Monk. (laughs) He went with the underscore. That's bold. And this is just him, a picture of him shirtless, what appears to be some kind of practice gym. It's not the Hornets practice gym, but it just says working. And then there's four dots. I love it. Yeah, he's got so much grit. That guy, you have to practically kick Malik Monk out of the film room. He's such a basketball savant. He's just working. I love it. Working. I yes, you put the ing, making sure very proper. So I, I hope again. What are some questions you have about Malik Monk this summer, Doug? I mean, we we question his size. You know, what what are some other I guess skills that he has that show up on the court that you question that you think he needs to work on the most? Is he committed to 
getting better with the fundamentals of defense. I don't ever expect Malik Monk to be a above average defensive player, but you would like him to settle somewhere in the average to slightly below average defensive player. Whereas this season he was, he was significantly hurting you on the defensive end. And there's no, there's no way to hide players that are bad on defense in the NBA. The NBA teams know this and they will attack you time in and time out. They they've done it to Nick Batum you're seeing it in the playoffs. Whenever you've got a defensive liability on the court, the other team immediately attacks that mismatch. So is he committed to doing that? And then is he committed to the point guard position or does he really see himself as a shooting guard and, and, and uh, not needing to develop those decision-making capabilities on the ball? Uh, I'll, I'll be looking that, but you know, in his exit interview, he said he's really looking at Kimba Walker's game, studying it, trying to figure out what makes Kimba successful mentioned you know, moving off of screens and, and how, how well Kimba does it in terms of creating contact from other players and just using those screens to attack. So maybe if he's studying Kimba Walker, I think that's a good thing. It, it boats to a conversation for me that I think about is, again, I don't, I mean, you can be small and be a really good defender still. You can be a plus defender. Well, we got Muggsy. Avery Bradley. Well, we, you got Avery Bradley. We got Muggsy here in Charlotte. You know, Muggsy was one of the best defenders at the time. I mean, it was different. But he was a guy that was stealing the ball constantly that made it extremely hard on point guards to come up. Now, again, even as short as Malik Monk is, the guy's still a foot taller than Muggsy. It, it just comes with different different skill sets. But the point, the larger point is that you can be small and still be a good defender in the league, at least of average, at least above average. In this first season, I did not see a commitment issue from Malik Monk on the defensive end. I saw an awareness issue where you're just not you're not anticipating things quickly enough you're not anticipating how the offense is developing and, and what they're trying to do to you and, and not being able to react quickly enough so that's what he has to improve on I think he's look I think Malik Monk wants to be a great player in this league and that is I don't want to take that for granted that's a great first step and it's just can he develop those fundamentals sure. is he committed to that well and it makes me think of Doug and the reason I asked that is because Isaiah Thomas is considered probably the worst defender in the league and I don't know how much Isaiah Thomas basketball you've watched, but anytime I've watched him, I don't know if it's that I say it's a complete lack of effort for Isaiah Thomas. It's just I genuinely don't think that guy knows what he's doing on that end of the court. And does that ever come with it? But also, when you're when you're five nine, when you're five ten, you, you can't not know what you're doing at that end of the court, or you will get attacked. I mean, he's he's the worst defender on the perimeter in in the game, right? I mean, he's certainly close to it. And people have attacked him forever in the last, well, I mean forever, the past you know, couple of seasons we've known of his name more prominently than years past. And I just, I just hope that doesn't become Malik, and I'm not saying it will, but I just hope it's not one of those things where you're small and you don't figure it out because then it's going to be really hard to see the court. Even with a guy like Borrego or whatever head coach that comes in, you might not be a defensive savant. You just need him to play some defense. <laughs> Right. I mean, that would be something that you do need from Malik Monk. So we'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, we'll see what kind of development he gets. And that is one thing I, I don't I mean, Steve Clifford, we talk about the player development. You know, how much did players defense develop under Steve Clifford? You know, because we all look at the offense and we'll say, well, he never improved. And then we'll go to the stats. And you know, let's let's stop pretending like any anybody looked at the defensive stats when they talked about player development for Steve Clifford. You know, did anybody look at that? No, I, I, as far as the lack of it, right. as far as lack of it goes, I felt like that Jeremy Lamb got better on defense. No, I, I do. I think that, too. It was anybody talking about that, though. I mean, people no. were mentioning Jeremy Lamb's offense and rightfully so. The guy deserves credit on that end. 
But for instance, like Frank Kaminsky, you know, the guy's the guy's not a good defender. And I don't think we got a whole lot better. Now, Cody's defense, I think, maybe improved a little bit. Do you think it improved? I, I think it got better a little bit. I just don't know if we can look at Steve Clifford's development of players maybe on the defensive side. And I'm going on a Steve Clifford thing here. But can you get that from another coach? Because that's going to be as important as developing offensively for anybody, really. I mean, you need Malik Monk to step up defensively as well. So a couple of things that he needs to improve on. We'll see if Malik Monk can do it. A possible satchel of NBA LOLs coming up. Not sure. We might see it. Who knows? Stick around with some Borrego wordplay as well. I'm Walker Mail alongside Doug Branson. It's Locked on Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're going to talk about Jim or Jay Larinaga and James Borrego. Should get the first two. name right. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that one I should get. Actually, his real name is James, but they call him Jay. We'll call him Jay, too. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm Walker Mail, alongside Doug Branson. It's the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We appreciate you sticking around and listening to us dissect the game of Malik Monk in his rookie season. Kind of teased us at the end. We failed to mention that real quickly. Malik Monk did do better at the end of that game, at the end of the season. Last 10 games, 15 points per game, 45% from the field, 41% from three. He teased us at the end, I like to say. I mean, we, we got to see what you really wanted to see from him all, all year long. And Malik Monk actually ended the season on a good note, which I think does give you some hope heading into a sophomore season. So hopefully Malik Monk will work on the weaknesses after what you saw, a, a pretty decent offensive output from his rookie season at the end of it. And here we go. Good old NBA satchel of LOL. We got something good today. It's really good. Delicious, you would say. This is Shaq and Charles. If you haven't heard about this, right. then you got to watch more NBA playoffs. You need to watch more because it is all over the place. We're going to bring it to you here on the Locked On Hornets podcast as well. Doug, pretty interesting banter between these two guys that are legitimately angry at each other for this moment in time. Team, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I was a role player. You're right. But you know what? That's, that's, that's my point. That's my point. I'm saying with your best player. You don't know what you're talking no, about I'm when it comes to championship. I'm just no. telling you something. Stop the baby way you care what you do that championship. No matter how much you scream you loud, listen, that does not listen, make you right. Listen. You're wrong. In the you can, and I yeah, tell you yeah, in the because you're a baby. Stop babying these players. I'm not babying no player. You don't play. You don't play. You got to sit. Woo. That was hot. It was hot. And so what happens is Charles Barkley tries to go in this debate that Dwayne Casey needs to salvage a relationship with DeMar DeRozan after benching him in the fourth quarter of that last game that they were eliminated. And Shaq comes in right away before he even gets on his spiel and says, you're wrong. It ensues back and forth. We have different levels to how this gets fiery. The first step is you see... Charles Barkley start to lose it. You can see the moment he loses it a little bit and discusses that Pat Riley did not have a problem with Shaq on that championship heat team because Dwayne Wade was the best player. With your best player, you're never going to win. That's not true. Uh, he did not. That's play. not true. He did not, well, he, he, in That's your opinion. True. No, just because you say something, it's just That's not true. Me, no, and, it's not true. Me and Pat Riley never saw eye to eye and what happened to my man win. So it's not true what no, you're saying. Well, you it's not true what you're saying. 
That was the that was the jump that was off it. point. Bingo. Because he would not let Charles speak. And and Charles, well, first of all, Shaq was calling him wrong in the strongest possible terms on national television. <laughs> and if you're Charles Barkley, you just you can't let that stand. And and it seemed like that whole deal sort of shook Charles in a way that we don't see Charles normally shook. Like when they make fun of his weights or they make fun of his grades, <laughs> he, he doesn't get shook. He either plays along or goes right back at him. But this got him in his feelings. And, and that, as the kids say, and that sort of knocked him off his, his balance. And then he went for the, the low blow. See if I can pull up the exact spot that he went for the kill shot on. <laughs> He's on, got a couple in his hand. On Shaquille. Let's see if I can pull this up. Uh, no, you don't play, you got to sit his ass down. Period. Uh, he got to repair. He, he ain't got to repair that. nothing. He got to stop babying your players. You got, got baby. That's no, why you ain't win. He got to. I, I didn't have Dwayne. I didn't have <laughs> Dwayne Wade and Kobe Bryant carry me up and down the court. <laughs> oh, whoa. Well, Shaq started that. Shaq said it. That's sick burn. Shaq started that by saying you didn't win a championship because you got babied. And then, of course, he comes back with him with the Kobe Bryant and the Dwayne Wade uh, comparisons. I mean, it's that's some great stuff between Charles and Shaq. And it's the realest thing that I've seen on that show in, in quite a while. It's real. Because they don't rehearse. So we know that it that it is improv and that they, you know, we've heard that's been reported that they don't really discuss what they're going to talk about on the show. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of their back and forth is a little bit contrived because they hang out with, you know, they hang out with each other so much that, that they're used to doing this and they just put it on television. Well, and, and so, and so the blueprint, the protocol on on-air banter is at first somebody gets to say their point and then the other person gets to say, no, you're wrong. And then goes on in his point, And then you get to argue like that. Maybe not like that, but you get to argue where you're talking over people. Shaq didn't give Charles a chance to talk. So Charles is trying to come in with his point. Shaq says, nope, nope. You don't get to say anything about this because you didn't win a championship, and then boom, it explodes. He doesn't give Charles a chance to talk, and that perturbed Charles a lot until eventually things just blew out of proportion. But pretty funny between those two guys. The protocol was broken, and Charles did not appreciate that one bit. No, and you hate it for Charles because he has no comeback to zero rings. Well, it's the, it's the ultimate sick burn. It's the ultimate sick burn. You slam the door down. That's a sick That's burn. A sick That's burn. a sick burn. You slam it in the face of Charles Barkley, and it's just really tough to come back with anything. Although I appreciate the effort. I mean, coming back with Dwayne Wade and Kobe dragging Shaq down the court, I mean, that's a good one. Problem is, then Shaq drops the best line of any of them when he says, yeah, I have three finals MVPs. Google me. That's a mic drop, too. Google me. Charles and Tate Frazier of the ringer tweets out something I did not know about this as well, that I believe Shaq was an initial investor of Google. So it makes it even better than I even originally thought. Oh, wow. Some product placement (laughs) along with his burn. That's a next level. But when you can burn someone and make a few dollars, it's a corporate burn. It's impressive for him. I need to look this up myself to see if a dollar bill burn. (laughs) It's a dollar bill burn. It's a sick dollar bill burn. And Tate Frazier, I'm so glad he brought that to my attention. A branding burn. With Shaq saying that, yes. The genius of Shaq saying Google me is that Shaq is an an initial investor in Google. Got it right. Crazy. 
Good wow, job. He was way, you. man. Yeah. Way to go, Shaq, just on a on an investment level to right. see to see Google on the horizon. <laughs> yeah, it, impressive. He's, yeah, that means he's got to be making more money than we really even thought, right? Because if you're an initial investor, I mean he's not throwing chump change at that kind of thing. He's throwing some big boy money at that. Shaq, I see it, man. What a what a crazy life Shaquille O'Neal has led. All right. Enough with the NBA satchel of LOLs, even though that was an all-timer. Time for some Borrego wordplay. Doug, I know you have better ones than I do. I know you have more than I do, because considering I only have one, and I contributed one to yours, so it's like one and a half that I have. So why don't you start us off? Are we jumping the gun a little bit by doing this? Because it isn't official official yet, which people seem to be... Like, do you feel like we're jinxing it? Yeah. If we're we, going to be the reason that Borrego does not become the head coach, and we both love Borrego, so this would be poetic. And we're going to have another coach that comes in that just has zero possibilities with his wordplay. Yeah, but it's important, I think, when you have new coaches or new players come into the franchise that you go ahead and and lay that foundation of wordplay that you will use for the rest of the season. You might hear it from Eric Collins. I was about I'm to sure. say, are we helping Eric Collins here? I, I feel like he's hard at work right now, just <laughs> figuring out all of the ways that he will celebrate not only the coach, but also all of the other players. So what do you uh, got? I've got hip, hip, hooray, go. It's a good one. Why don't you give me another one? Because I only have one. Brilliant. <laughs> Both are solid. My favorite from those is hip, hip, hooray, go. So I've got one. And I thought, I really did think, and I... The only one I could think of is some sort of rhyme. So the one I went with, Asta Borrego. It's the one I got. Love it. Borrego, maybe you can say that, like, see you later after you win. I don't know how you would incorporate it, but that's the only one I can come up with. Asta Borrego. All right, you come up. <laughs> Bore mi fa sola ti go. Okay, that one might be the winner. He's got this team in tune. <laughs> that's good. That is good. It seems like we didn't tell Eric Collins about that one. If that one's not in the broadcast by game number one of this regular season, it will have been a fail by both of us and Eric Collins. You think he probably already thought about it? If there's any kind of possibility about that, then he's probably already thought about it anyway. So there's your Borrego wordplay. There's your dissection on Malik Monk. Any final thoughts on Malik Monk, Doug, on, on what we can hopefully expect? Just things that you want to see from him next season more so than any. And what kind of belief you still have in Malik? Normal growth is supported by good nutrition, enough sleep, and regular exercise. It's one of the best overall indicators of your teen boy's good health. Right. So get your sleep. Make sure you eat well. Jeremy Lamb talked about that, right? About his growth <laughs> as an NBA player. About ice tub. Got to get in the ice tub. Right. Got to take care. Got to gotta eat right you know eat enough that was a big problem for lamb he was not eating enough right i remember i think jeremy lamb said that nick collison would constantly go to him and say you know you want to hit this cold tub and he would you know not want to he's like all right you know you don't want 10 million dollars you want 10 million dollars if you're just going to be cold for a little while no all right then fine don't get in but if you want that 10 million dollars come in and preserve your body nick collison's had a long career in the nba the old wise nick collison for the oklahoma city thunder and let me tell you nick knows something about getting on the court 
<laughs> Nick Collison, you can't keep that guy from playing. All right. Thanks so much for joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Walker Mail and Doug Branson here with you. Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Hornets podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again for joining us. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Wherever Beret go, we will follow.